and welcome to Curated Spaces, the podcast that explores the stories behind spaces reimagining how we stay, work and play. Join me, Molly Cooper, as I sit down with founders, owners and thought leaders to hear about their journey of bringing a space to life. Great spaces shape our lives. They inspire, nurture and connect us. But most importantly, they bring us together to share life's milestones with the people who mean the most to us. So whether you're a traveller, foodie or design seeker, join us as we celebrate the power of spaces and the brilliant people behind them. heart of Bodmin Moor here at Kabila, a space to retreat to and reconnect with the incredible surroundings here in Cornwall. This stunning barn conversion hosts unique retreats with cosy cabins and incredible dining experiences. I'm delighted to welcome Lizzie, who left behind life in the big smoke to bring Kabila to life. I can't wait to hear all about the journey behind this incredible space. Lizzie, welcome to Greater Spaces. How are you doing today? I'm doing really, really well, thank you, Molly. I've had about five coffees, so I'm excited to see where our conversation <laughs> goes. I'm absolutely buzzing. Lovely coffee here, by the <laughs> thank way. Thank you very much. Yeah, we are a bit snobby about coffee. Well, the best in a good way. In a yes. good way. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So before we get into the space itself, let's talk quickly about you and your background and how you've come to be here in the in the Bodmin Moor. How have I come to be here in Bodmin Moor? Well, it was kind of my destiny. So I, I married Merlin and met Merlin. He's the Cornishman, very passionate Cornishman. Yeah. So it was always on the cards. It was kind of in the small print as we got married. I think yeah. that we would eventually make the transition down to the middle of nowhere in the Southwest, which mm-hmm. um, I think originally I was quite nervous about, but now it's home and I can't imagine living anywhere else. Oh, gorgeous. Because you yeah. were in London for years, weren't you? Yeah. So for well over a decade in London and, yeah. you know, professionally I was doing something very very different I was working in branding and marketing for lots of different types of businesses across food and uh, beauty and fashion you know my last proper job as I describe Mm -hmm. it was working for the amazing Charlotte Tilbury heading up marketing and PR and visual merchandising for her so I mean that was just such an incredible startup experience and I think definitely has formed part of me wanting to run my own business and be a founder myself. Amazing. Well, I can't wait to get into that, but let's set the scene about where we are. We're here on quite a rainy day, I have to say. Yes. It almost gives a little something, (laughs) something to the moors. I was driving here. It was really quite special. So yeah, can you help paint a picture? Yeah. So we are on the amazing wild Bobbin Moor. So Mm -hmm. we're equidistant between the north and the south coast of Cornwall. So it's this great big stretch of mysterious moorland. Um, it sort of feels quite infinite of um, craggy granite outcrops, twisted windswept mm. trees, ancient rainforests, purple heathers, think wild horses, standing stones that create this really yeah. iconic moorland topography. It's sort of this home of centuries of stories and songs and rituals and memories. It's a really wild and magical place Mm -hmm. such a beautiful description I love that and I have to say I was driving here and suddenly appeared almost at the top of a hill and there was a crossroad and there was this a herd of like cattle with huge horns and I I think I said when I arrived it felt like I'd gone back in time yeah yeah special exactly and um you know it's a massive massive inspiration for uh Daphne du Maurier who's a huge Mm. inspiration to me the author um and actually the house on the strand was her book about time travel um Ah. and she's been so inspired by Cornwall and being here 
Um, she described her first experiences. I think she wasn't prepared for how bleak and dark and diabolical it was, <laughs> but actually it's, it's beautiful and mysterious in the same mm-hmm. way. The perfect place for a retreat, you might say. Yeah, absolutely. Because it does feel quite otherworldly. It really does. And I think it's such a, you know, compared to -to day-to-day life, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going through walks of our ancient rainforests. You're seeing our beavers and the incredible beaver enclosure that they've created, the beautiful dams, watching them swimming around with their little kits. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of extraordinary. It's not a day-to-day experience at all. all. Okay, well, I can't wait to get into it, but let's start back at the beginning because it's quite a shift to go from living in London to moving out here and bringing this space, which is really beautiful, very unique to life. I'd love to hear what was that initial inspiration? Where did you draw that from? And how did it feel when you finally took the plunge to do it? So back in 2019, when we were starting our restoration efforts down here, and we were really focusing on how we can make the land as healthy as possible, how we can make the soil as healthy as possible. Mm -hmm. Are we using, you know, the gift of this land that we have in in the best possible way? And we started to think about these restoration efforts. Um, The first thing that we started doing was thinking about our beaver introduction program. So very, very heavily centered on the land and Mm -hmm. ecosystems that we that we have here at Kabila. And both Merlin and I had had, I think, significant um, experiences with with poor mental health. So mm-hmm. for Merlin, that was PTSD. So he had a breakdown in 2017. Um, he's ex-British Army. He did three tours of Afghan um, and it was incredibly difficult. For him, the ancient rainforest was absolutely a place of healing. It's where mm-hmm. he'd go and walk and we'd talk and we'd meditate. Um, and it was just a beautifully grounding place for us both to be. And then I think after I had uh, an experience with postnatal anxiety and depression after the birth of our first daughter, we sort of knew that actually it had been a healing place for us both. And actually as guardians of Cabela, we felt it was the right thing to do to open up and share it. Mm -hmm. And it all stemmed from there. Yeah, I think Um, that's such an amazing story about the power of spaces to heal and nurture and help people reconnect with themselves, but also this sort of wider world we live in and nature and all the cycles and seasons, which it can be so easy to lose touch with these days. Definitely. And I think, you know, one of one of the things that we try to do when people come on retreat here is we try to immerse them in the rainforest as much as possible and um, educate, I think, in a really, really positive Mm. way about the nature that we have around us. So I think there's a lot of nature blindness in the UK. I think people can just see green and they see Mm. trees. And we try to tell people about, you know, the native species that we have in the rainforest, try to really teach them about the ancientness of our oaks, about Mm -hmm. the mycelial network that connects all of the trees under the forest. You know, how um, the most ancient mother trees are sending signals to their baby saplings to support them and protect them from infection and predators. You know, all of these little snippets of information, I think really help people to feel that connection to nature. A hundred percent. Okay, so nature was your your starting point. And I look around this incredible space now, this huge open plan barn with the amazing windows through which you can see more trees and that Mm. landscape we just spoke about and then inside there's all these natural finishes there's wood there's greens there's these incredible potted well I want to say plants but they're more like trees to be (laughs) honest (laughs) so how did the design process work I think you did start with literally a barn didn't you literally a barn um full of cow poo and straw and (laughs) kind of just farming detritus that had been left over um and if I look at some of those before pictures 
it's, it's a long table in the middle of the barns with these horrible white plastic chairs mm. and we sat around with the architects and the planners. And my starting point was how can we create an experience that allows people to, to really reconnect with nature, yeah. with other people and with themselves. Mm-hmm. So from a materiality perspective, it had to be very gentle, yeah. very soft, um, the palette is really, really inspired by nature. So the kind of greeny, bluey tinge that we have everywhere is inspired by one of our lichens that we have in the woods. Oh, it's oh. called Old Man's Beard and it looks just like that. And it's this kind of ethereal, can't quite put your finger on it colour. Yeah. So I wanted everything to be inspired by that because mm-hmm. that lichen is, it's a symbol of the purest air. You will not see that in London. You won't see that anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from where the oxygen is plentiful. So that was really the kind of start point. Um, And really using, you know, the the big windows that we have here to bring in as much daylight, um, you know, to your point about connecting with the seasons, making sure that people are connecting with their circadian rhythms, Mm -hmm. like getting that daylight, getting that vitamin D exposure, bringing nature in really, um, Mm -hmm. and making it feel like, a sort of safe space a held space but really still feeling like they are in nature mm-hmm. um so yeah I mean it was a complete blank canvas and I'd never done anything like this before yeah. so yeah a lot of mood boards a lot of asking questions mm. um and really kind of drawing on you know I've got a great network of creative people who yeah. who really supported me um but yeah it was it was an amazing experience so many learnings oh yeah. my god what an amazing experience to be involved with is one of your friends like you say it's not often you get to convert a barn into something quite so beautiful it's got the huge open fireplace down at the end that was crackling with logs I walked in you've got a little you know pop-up bar in the corner like everything is very well thought out and we were talking about this it is quite a desolate drive here down that long road (laughs) going into the back and beyond and then you every day for me Molly you get here and you're welcome that beautiful de- that beautiful sort of entrance hall and there's the yoga mats on the side and wellies and beautiful mm. all these cornish touches everywhere you look and as we walked around earlier every single thing here it feels like it has a story and has been chosen to be here and be part of this space and you really get that sense of i don't want to say luxury but you know gorgeous toilets lovely fittings it's not like we said it's not a scout camp here. <laughs> no no and i think i think there's all it's also you know it's about sort of taking the edge off being Mm -hmm. in the wilderness and give people those gentle comforts that make them feel really relaxed Mm -hmm. and really at ease with being in the space. So yeah, as you walk in, you know, we have our kind of little, little shop where you can look at the Atlantic blankets that are in your coits. Mm -hmm. Um, They're made by a company on the North coast. They're absolutely beautiful. They work with lots of recycled materials as well. Um, you have your um, your pentire that you'll drink in the evening, a beautiful non-alcoholic mm. botanical spirit, um, lots of Cornish touches, um, but just lots of gentle, um, comforting elements that I wanted people to just really feel at home around. Yeah. Um, you'll see that there are sheepskin rugs everywhere. Mm-hmm. So the meaning of Kabila is woolen cloak. So... Mm. Um, back in uh, a long, long time ago, when the Duke of Cornwall used to come and visit the county, it was the responsibility of the first manor farm to give them um, 
a woolen uh, sheepskin from their prized sheep. Um, so they'd shear the sheep and give it to the Duke of Cornwall so he was wrapped up warmly for the rest of his adventures around the county. So we love the meaning of that. Yeah. And in every coit that you stay in, dotted around the space, there's sheepskin everywhere just to give that kind of a comforting lovely underfoot feel but also just a nod back to our history um, and our heritage and the meaning of Cabilla. I love that what a brilliant story and let's talk about the coits then because they're really beautiful how did you you. bring those to life? So it is a bit of a weird story Um, (laughs) we work a lot with sound here so we work with an amazing sound uh, specialist uh, called Janie and I was in a sound bath with Janie and what she does is she takes you down into delta brainwaves and if you are a creative person you often have a lot of visions and a lot of thoughts that come to you um i often get entire advertising campaigns that like pop up in my brain it's really strange but i kind of built them in my mind um in a sound bath and just had this triangle window as the inspiration. They're called coits after Cornish coits. They're spelt slightly differently. Um, But Cornish coits are these beautiful Neolithic stone monuments that are everywhere on the moor. So they're generally, they have two pillars and then a flat surface. So there are triangles in them. There's one amazing one at Cabaratour where you look through it and you can see Brown Willie, which is one of Cornwall's mountains, as the Cornish would describe it. It means um, Hill of the Swallows. Um, And they're very, you know, they're very, very purposeful monuments in um, Cornish history. So wherever there was a birth or a death, or if there was a community decision that needed to be made, um, they're also sort of thought of as these portals of spiritual ascension. Um, So for me, that was just felt really right to call them coits, you know, because when we're on retreat, when people are staying here, moments of change do happen um moments of shift do happen and for me it just felt like the perfect name to hold that the yeah. perfect space to hold that i love that you really get that feeling that cornwall is just underneath like underlying everything but it's not obvious it's not kitschy i mean i look over at the bar and it's called daphne's after obviously daphne de maurier yeah. and just all these beautiful touches that really connect this space and they hunker it down here in cornwall yeah i love that i love that yeah so let's talk a bit about the retreats themselves yes um, i know you mentioned a dirty weekend earlier yes. i'd love to know what happens on a dirty weekend oh gosh it's, so many people sort of muttering and laughing <laughs> under their breath when they come on a dirty weekend darling mm-hmm. um yeah dirty weekends you know we were thinking about you know what our signature retreats could be and really we're we're a fusion of wanting to support people connecting with nature wanting to educate people about some of our most ancient ecosystems our ancient rainforest but then also really creating a space where people can come and feel calm and connect to themselves so the dirty weekend is an experience where you come and you know you could be here with 20 other people none of none of whom will know anyone it's really a wonderful experience I always think it's so interesting watching people when they arrive and everyone's kind of got these layers and everyone's really uptight and then by the end of the weekend everyone's best friends um so you come and you will experience our ancient rainforest you'll learn about soil health you'll learn about the stories of the trees um you'll plant your own trees together so you'll plant a tree circle as a group as part of our planting project um which is driven by our charity, the Thousand Year Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll do a beautiful yoga session in the morning. Um, you'll have a sound bath. You'll be nourished probably by Kate, who's one of our head chefs, um, with the most incredible food. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm trying to think what else you do. I mean, when I was thinking about it, I was like, what would be the most incredible retreat experience yeah. that we could do here for people? Um, so yeah, it's really a kind of snapshot of the best of the best of our activities here at Capilla. Mm-hmm. But what I love about it is, yes, it's a retreat, but it doesn't, sometimes I feel like retreat has like connotations and mm-hmm. but actually you're still, there's still coffee. You can get your caffeine hit. It's not a, <laughs> it's not a four day water cleanse, you know. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Well, I think that it's really important that we're not trying to um, force people into a type of wellness mm-hmm. that we believe. I think it really leaves it open to people to have the kind of experience that's going to be right for them. You know, all of the activities are optional. Yeah. If you want to come here and sleep in your coit for the entire weekend, you can do that. That's totally fine. Um, or you can let us look after you and and come and meet new people, eat delicious food and just be in a place that wants you to have a great time. Amazing. And what kind of people come on this retreat? Is it a real mix or? So, I mean, we have our signature retreats, so we have Dirty Weekends, but then we also work with lots of different types of businesses and charities. Mm-hmm. So in the last month, we've had the US military. Wow. Uh, we've had the Florence Nightingale Foundation, so supporting NHS nurses um, with some restoration and also um, wonderful sustainability workshops and confidence workshops as well. Um, We have a school about to join us today. Brilliant. Um, Gosh, I mean, there's so many people, breathwork experts, Mm -hmm. meditation practitioners. um, You know, it's it's kind of a, a real mixed bag of people. Yeah, I can imagine. Let's touch on the school for a minute. Cause yeah. So this is quite a special partnership. Um, it's with quite a famous fee-paying boys' school, which is probably not the <laughs> first, you know, immediate choice no. you think of when you think retreat. Um, but tell me a bit about how that came about and what the children get out of it. Yeah. So, uh, so it's with Winchester College, and uh, it was pioneered by the head of geography. He's actually sadly left, but I think. His approach was very forward thinking and it was all about getting his students, it's their geography students, getting them out into the field um, and learning actually being in nature. Uh, Mm -hmm. And they were one of our first clients. This is their third retreat. So they've come back every single year, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. Um, But we work with lots of other schools as well. So one of the things that we're really passionate about is getting primary schools here. Mm -hmm. So getting primary school children into the rainforest, down to the beaver enclosure one of our amazing hosts Izzy absolutely loves working with children and kind of just educating them on the woods and getting outside and being with them so I think we in the last six months we've had about five five schools from the local community here which is really cool yeah I think that was so cool I can imagine as a child a this must be just like heaven run around on the moor with your friends yeah but like so brilliant that this space can connect children a whole new generation like back to nature and give them that knowledge and that ability to understand the natural world and connect with it and take those learnings the rest of their life I think that's so special yeah I totally agree and I think you know we're in this strange phase of you know so much screen time and not enough green time which is a phrase Mm -hmm. that I actually cannot say that I invented Um, I was gonna say that's very good very much (laughs) um no actually it was um it was something that I heard last week. We were at the Newt for their head gardeners conference ah. mm-hmm. um, and Merlin was giving a talk uh, about woodland management. And one of the things that they were talking about is, you know, how can we get gardening and uh, nature education back on the school curriculum? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and Imelda Stoughton and her husband Jim were there and they've been absolute advocates for getting it back on the curriculum. And I, I couldn't agree with it more. I mean, you know, being in nature, learning about our natural world, inspiring that awe in children, I think it's just what we need to be doing. We need to get them away from screens and get them out into the woods. I love that. And tech has been at the forefront of everything for so long. And and actually, I feel like now there's this shift away from like depending on there being, you know, a magic silver bullet to fix that issue or problem or whatever it is. And actually people starting to look within themselves and looking to others and looking to spaces. And I think this is really such a amazing example of how a space can provide people with that option to just stop and pause and take stock and look to humans and not tech for an answer definitely you know in the future there there are going to be jobs that we don't even know Mm. exist you know I think tech will will be part of our future whether we like it or not and I think it's about how we responsibly educate ourselves as humans and also for children as well um but there's nothing more powerful than human connection mm-hmm. and I think that's what we're slowly beginning to kind of wake up wake up and see yeah um and that's what we see here every day we see the power of people being with others sharing healing laughing telling stories yeah. sharing experiences from their life and I think it all feels so much deeper mm-hmm. when you're in nature yeah hundred percent. And I love the idea you say looking forward, tech will be there, but of course it's how we interact with that and build our lives around that. What does the future look like for Kabila, do you think? Do you have any other things in the pipeline or anything you're excited for in the next chapter? Oh my God, so much. We we just did a big strategy workshop um, yesterday with our team and you know, the innovation that we want to build into the site is all really rooted in human connection and, you know, how we continually create that ripple effect of calm. So mm. we've got meditation spaces, extra ones on the cards. We've got sensory gardens that we're wanting to build, mm. um, meditation labyrinths that we're wanting to build, um, experiences in the woodlands. Um, we're just about to get our new artist in residence here, which is really cool. exciting. Um you know, building other retreat concepts. So we're working with the pig at the moment, which ah. is which is really cool. So it was a real honor to develop their first ever retreat concept for them, which is called Ground and Grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and they actually start in November. Um, anyone that's fancying a kind of wintry rest- restorative break. Yeah. Um, but then I think, you know, the work that we're doing with the charity feels really exciting for us. Mm-hmm. So the Thousand Year Trust was set up to really I guess get ancient rainforests on people's radar mm-hmm. um you know they are an unbelievably rare ecosystem I think 0.6 percent of um woodland cover in the UK is an ancient rainforest so wow. we've chopped the majority of it down mm. um and you know I think that one of the things I feel so excited about is is all of the efforts with the charity so the planting plans the expansion but also the research. Mm -hmm. So we really want to be pioneering research into this ancient environment and sharing our learnings around the world, hopefully to benefit um, humans all over the place. Amazing. What a vision to have for the future. It gives me such hope and excitement. Yes, me too. Me too. And yeah, God, it just never stops her. No, I can really imagine. And it's been such a pleasure chatting today. Likewise. Before we go, though, we do, of course, have a game of dream spaces to play. Ooh. I'm going to ask you three prompts go and imagine money's of no object. You've won the lottery. You've cashed that check. What space comes to mind for you? So the first one, quite apt after today's conversation, 
where are you escaping to to get away from it all disconnect and detox money is no object god that'd be nice um (laughs) i think for me it would probably be somewhere wildly remote so some one of the places it's actually somewhere that i've been to before uh the isle of mull oh gorgeous so absolutely beautiful very remote i remember very crap phone signal so that's (laughs) great but beautiful pristine water crystal clear amazing beaches secluded Mm. coves gorgeous countryside open fire that's it and a wee drum of whiskey yeah probably yeah (laughs) i love it okay so next one slightly different your ultimate birthday party where are you hosting it oh that's easy i'd go to the hanbury gardens and Mm. they are a beautiful botanical gardens on the border of france and italy wow Um, you can take the train there uh from nice and we've been really, really fortunate to stay in, um, so Caroline Hanbury, who's one of uh, Merlin's cousins, lives out there in the the old family home. It's actually owned by the Italian government now, but it's still open as a botanical garden. Wow. So I think I'd probably close that off and have a big okay. rave or something. Sounds amazing. I love that. I think I'd get, probably go quite big. Yeah. Yeah. This is your ultimate party. Yeah. I yeah. Like <laughs> <it>. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to rent a botanical garden. That's it. Fantastic. <laughs> okay. And then final one, your once in a lifetime bucket list trip. Where are you going? And are you staying anywhere special? Where am I going? Gosh, bucket list trip. That's such a good question. Okay. So we've just finished watching Yellowstone. Never I don't seen know if, it. Okay. You've got to watch it. It's amazing. I think I would be riding horses with Merlin somewhere like Montana. Oh my gosh. Living out cowboy dreams. Living out cowboy dreams. Oh, amazing we haven't had that one yet actually (laughs) surprisingly (laughs) i love it brilliant answers thank you so much and thank you for sharing your story it was beautiful and i love the space i will be back thank you so much brilliant we can't wait to have you back thank you molly for your time Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Curated Spaces podcast. For more information and content around any of the spaces we feature, head to our website or Instagram. And don't forget to subscribe to have new episodes delivered straight to your inbox every Wednesday. And if there's a special place in your life that you'd like to hear on the Curated Spaces podcast, please do get in touch as we're always on the lookout for more brilliant spaces to share with the world.